Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart Podcast, and happy Mother's Day to all you amazing moms out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have another great episode for you tonight. I am joined by a longtime friend of the show, and one who I consider to be family, Mr. Alfred Santariga. Al discusses his encounters with UFOs and extraterrestrials, and what was a potential abduction involving not only himself, but his son as well. We also discuss why some people seem to have experiences with so many aspects of the paranormal their entire lives. Could these be a result of their bloodline and what so many speculate is a correlation with the RH negative blood type? If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, and subscribe. It's one of many ways to show your support and get the show out there. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, FringeRadioNetwork.com, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. You can also join me on Discord where we can chat while listening to new episodes as they are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on with the show. Mr. Santa Rigo, welcome back to Paranormal Heart. Thank you, Kat. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, like I told you when you messaged me, you are like family, uh, you and Brian Bowden and a few other people. So anytime you want to be on, you're more than welcome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm going to narrow down my uh, uh, guest appearances on, on a lot of shows coming up in the near future. And I'm just going to keep it to a small circle of friends. I'm very honored that I am in that small circle. Thank you. Oh, you were definitely in that small circle. Absolutely. So what would you like to talk about? We're talking about aliens, and I am very interested in hearing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, today, today we'll touch on uh, my UFO experiences and my possible abductions. I was looking for a stone. I had a stone, but I'll talk about it when we get into it. Sure. That, um, you know, I'll, if I find it, I'll send you a picture of it. It'll blow your mind when you see it. So I would I would say it was um, about 20 years ago it all started, right? Um, in June, I started getting these terrible headaches, terrible headaches. And I couldn't, no matter how many doctors I've seen, how many medicines they gave me, I couldn't get the headaches. I couldn't shake these headaches, you know. And um, at one point, one of the doctors said, you know, we're going to have to do a spinal tap on you and see what's going on, you know. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, my cousin's a doctor and he said, let me tell you that, that that's going to hurt. You know, I'm going to tell you right now it's going to hurt. So I said, OK, well, you know, I'm wearing dark sunglasses for the whole summer because the light hurt my eyes. I'm ter like terrible migraines and no one seems to no one can seem to figure out what's going on. And um, we end up <clears throat> taking my kids to a powwow, Native American powwow. 
and we're walking through the powwow. My daughter must have been eight. My son maybe was four. And we're walking through the powwow. We got my son like a little stroller kind of thing. And um, this Native American, and part of the powwow at the place they had it, they had like boots set up at one end of the, and then they had um, TP set up at the other end where the field was. And we were in the boot section. We're walking by the boots. And this old Native American steps out of one of these boots and he says, you have something dark attached to you. Your aura is jet black. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. He says, if you want, I can cleanse it for you. So I turn to my wife and go, how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? And um, he says, nope, not going to charge you for anything. Come into the booth. I go into the booth. He closes the curtains and he sits down. It's a dark room and, He's got like um, a counter set up with all these like different stones and and uh, tr- uh, bags, you know, these like medicine bags and stuff like that. And he starts doing like a Native American dance around me. He had another guy there doing like a pit in the drums or whatever they call that little tom-tom, right? And he had the tambourine. He's going around me. He's going with the sage. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, maybe we're going to do a little peyote here today, you know, <laughs> do a little tripping, you know? And uh, he's hitting me with the sage. And I tell you, Kat, he, he saged that booth so much, it looked like it was on fire. Wow. Okay. And I swear to God, at some point, I must have went into a trance or something because I felt like I was having an outer body experience. And I felt like I was above my body watching the ceremony go on. And um, so he's doing this thing. And then when it's all said and done, he opens up the curtains. He's letting all the smoke out, all the sage smoke out. And I can hear him rummaging around in the back of these stones. And he takes one of these uh, medicine bags. He puts a stone in and he says to me, I need you to wear this all the time. He says, don't ever open it. Don't ever touch it. If you touch it, it'll lose its healing powers. Okay. So I put it on. I don't know what kind of stone is in there. Not for the life of me. And we go, I walk out of the booth, and my headache is gone. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is beautiful. Now I don't have to do the, 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 uh, what you call spinal tap, tap, right? So we go, we have, we we go there, we watch the ceremonies and this, that, and the other thing. We buy some stuff, toys for the kids, and we go home. And that was in September, September, end of September, and then October rolls around, and Halloween rolls around and my daughter dressed, she's eight years old. She dresses up as Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. Yep. And my son is like a little pirate, right? And we go out and we do the whole neighborhood thing. And we're out there for hours walking with the kids, all the kids from the neighborhood. We come home. It's late. We go to bed. We put everybody to bed. We say, you'll get, you'll get the candy tomorrow morning when you wake up, you know? Uh, my daughter and my son were sleeping in the same room. We're upstairs, our master bedroom, we're all upstairs in a dormer, and I got a 125-pound German Shepherd sleeping at the foot of the bed that's canine trained, okay? And we're all sleeping in the bed, and, you know, I don't know what time it is, but at some point in time, I see a bright light come into the room, and it wakes me up, okay? Again, this is October. This is 31st. It's cold outside. The windows are closed. The heat is on. And this bright light comes in, and I open my eyes, but I'm not in my body, cat. I'm 
out of my body. I'm on the headboard of my bed, which is like has shelves in it with a mirror and everything. And I'm sitting on the headboard and I'm looking at myself and there's two tall gray aliens lifting my body up and they're floating me towards the window or the wall. And I'm thinking, why is it my dog ripping these things a new asshole, number one? And how the hell are they going to get me through the wall or the yeah. window? Everything is closed. And I'm thinking this stuff. And that night, the heat was pumping so much that I took the necklace off because I was sweating oh. like a pig. Yeah. And I put it, I figured I'd put it on the on the dress, on the counter by the bed, you know, but the headboard is. So it would still be close to me. But I took it off because I was just sweating profusely. So... As they're floating me towards the window, and I can see behind me this, the the backyard is lit up like daylight, but it's so bright, you can't even see the trees. It's just like one big white light that's so bright. You can't see, you can't see out there. And as this is going on, and and I'm watching this happen, all of a sudden, my daughter starts screaming hysterically in her bedroom. No, no, you can't have my brother. No, no. So my wife wakes up, I'm, I pop, the two entities that are floating me out, blink out, they're gone. I back in my body, the dog jumps up, he makes a beeline to the kid's room, my wife makes a beeline, I come in last, because I don't know if I'm dreaming or what, but that was weird, right? And I'm like, what the hell's going on with that? And my daughter is laying on my son's bed, wrapped around his arm, his legs, holding him down. He doesn't know what's going on. He's crying hysterical. And I like, what's going on? What's going on? And she said, Dad, Dorothy was here in the room and was taking my, my brother out to the light in the yard. And I told Dorothy, you can't take my brother. And she told me, it's okay, we'll bring him back. And she was fighting with Dorothy. And I'm thinking, Dorothy, why would Dorothy come to take Nicholas? Dorothy was good. You know, it was like the Wicked Witch of the West, you know? And I'm thinking about this. And, um, you know, he's crying. She's crying. So we we settle everybody down. We go, look, there's nothing out in the backyard. I go downstairs. I put the floodlights on. There's nothing there. Windows are locked. I put the dog in their room between both of their beds. I tell them to stay there for the night. And I go to bed, and I'm thinking, what a weird night this is, right? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Then I start to realize they showed themselves to her as Dorothy because she was Dorothy that night for Halloween. And they knew it wouldn't scare her. It was a false memory that they put, they planted in her in her mind. So she would see them as Dorothy or it as Dorothy and not like I seen them. I seen them for what they were, you know? And um, so the next morning I wake up and I'm like, man, that was so crazy. So I says to my wife, did that really happen last night? Because, you know, I woke up, I felt like I was drugged and I was like, did, did that really happen last night? And she goes, what? I said, Amanda's screaming with Nicholson. And she says, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff really happened. So I was like, holy crap, that's insane, you know? And um, so they go downstairs. The kids can't get downstairs fast enough to get to their Halloween candy and stuff, you know? <laughs> and she's down there feeding the dog, letting the dog out. I'm upstairs. And I said, 
my necklace. Why did this happen? Because I took my necklace off. So I open up the bag and I pour it out on the, on the, on the bed and I pick up this stone and I didn't know what kind of stone it was. I wasn't told what kind of stone it was. Um, to me, it looked like a sandstone. It was brown, but it was elongated, right? It, had, it went up like this and then across. It was elongated and it had two dots for an eye and a dot for a, a, a nose or a mouth. And it looked like an alien face. It looked like an alien head. Okay. So I'm freaking out. I'm saying, what the hell kind of stone is this? And why does it have a face on it? You know? So I don't know what it is. So my, in the mall where we, we live, there's a store that's a gem store. It's got all kinds of stones. So I go in there one day with the stone and I say, got this weird stone. It's given to me at a Native American powwow. I don't know what it is. Maybe you could, you know, tell me what it is. So they're like, sure, put it out on the thing. So they, they put it out and they look at me and they're like, um, this is, I go, is that a sandstone? And they go, no, this is a cat's eye. And it's very protective. It's meant to protect you, you know? I said, oh, I was told that it was like a healing stone. They said, yeah, it's a healing stone, but it's really more a protection stone than a healing stone, you know? And they said, you got it at a Native American ceremony? And I go, yeah, they go, doesn't sound right. And I'm like, okay, you know, why not? It's like, because the natives up here, you know, in the Northeast, they don't use sand. They don't use cat's eye, you know? So I was, I was like, okay. They, he goes, they, they use other stones. And he went on to tell me like the, the Cherokee, the um, Iroquois and the Algonquin and what they use. Cause that's the native Americans around here, you know, in the Northeast. So I was, I was a little confused. I was like, okay. Um, why they give me a stone that they don't use is beyond me, you know? So the following year comes around <laughs> Take the kids back to that powwow. Now I got alternative motives. You know, I got an yeah. interior motive to go to that thing. You know, not just bring the kids there for entertainment. I got You're so on a I mission. go there. I'm on a mission, yeah. and I go there, and I go down again. They have all the boots set up and everything like that. And the old man who was there the year before is nowhere to be found. So I start talking to people in the boots. I said, "Who's the organizer? You know, what does he look like?" And I, so I, I finally catch up to the organizer. And I said, um, where's the old man that was like in this booth here last year? I said, he was a shaman. He told me he was a shaman. And the guy looked at me and says, what are you talking about? He says, there's no shamans at this Native American powwow. We don't have shamans, number one. We have medicine men. And I, was, and I go, okay, well, then where's the medicine? Maybe I'm saying it wrong, you know. But he told me he was a shaman. So he says, um, you have to go to the back where the TPs are. That's where all the medicine men are. I said, okay. So I go to the back to the to Native American where the, all, the, all the medicine men are. There's like three or four different ones, from one from each tribe, right? And I go back there and I start talking to him. I said, can, you know, can, can I ask you a question? I, start, and I, I show him the stone and they all look at me and they're like, nah, this is not one of our stones. You know, this is something that's used in South America or the Far East. We don't use this kind of stone in our ceremonies, you know. And it's weird because I've always been attracted to tiger's eye. 
I don't know what it is about it, but when I was a kid, I had a ring with a tiger's eye on it. Okay. And every time I go into a, a, a gem store, I always go straight towards the tiger's eye. Don't know what that means. So anyway, I'm sitting there with them and they're telling me, no, we don't, we don't, we don't have shaman. We have medicine men. We don't use this stone. We use these stones. And they show me the stones that they use. And I was like, then who the hell was the old man that cleansed me and, and took that dark energy off of me? Because ever since that happened, I felt better. But then was he, you know, I don't know, I'm thinking, was he like my guardian angel? Was he an alien from a different, you know, um, a different, a different kind of alien than the ones that were dealing, I was dealing with maybe one that was there that knew how to protect me from the other ones and, and did, you know, did this ceremony. And it was just so crazy. I mean, it was like, like, you know, and if my daughter didn't wake up screaming that night, holding my son down, I would have thought it was all a dream. I would have never thought that I was having an outer body experience watching two tall gray. And they were tall. You know, they were tall. They were five feet tall. Got gliding me out through the wall, you know, and it was crazy. And it was just like, you know, I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. But she validated it when she started screaming, you know, and it was just, and that was the first time. And I was like, this, was I abducted last night or was I being abducted last night? And why didn't they put a false image in my head to see them as something else? Why did they show me them as they are? Is this a, an ongoing event that's been going on for years and they, they don't have to do that to me anymore? You know, they, put a false screen memory in my daughter's mind, not to scare her, but they didn't do it for me, you know? And then that was the first time. And then years later, my daughter became like, I would say a good eight years later or so. She was a teenager now, 15 years old. She got the, the master bedroom upstairs. My son stayed in his room and we moved down to the spare room. And at this point in time, I'm going through, all the surgeries on my knees, get my both of my knees totally replaced. And, you know, just a, a nightmare uh, stuff to do. And one night I'm sitting in the bedroom, totally different bedroom. Now I'm on the first floor, not the second floor. Again, the room, the bedroom still faces the backyard. I'm in the bedroom and I'm sleeping. And again, boom, the light go, the room goes white, pure white. And I look, because my bed, my side of the bed happens to be by the side by the window. So I look out the window, and the wind, the, the shades are down, curtains are drawn, but the light is coming in like the wind doesn't, like they're not even there. The whole room is lit up. And I look down, and at the bottom, again, I got the 125-pound German Shepherd <laughs> sleeping at the foot of the bed, right? Yeah. That's and, a good size uh, Shepherd, too. Yeah, he was a big boy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's sleeping at the he's sleeping at the foot of the bed, and I'm sitting there. My wife is snoring, you know, cutting wood, <laughs> and I look down at the edge of the bed, and I see two gray aliens, but this time they're small, they're three feet tall, and they're hovering over my knees, and they're going like this, and they're going ooh, like almost like an ohms kind of thing, right? I don't know if they were trying to get me up 
to guide me out the window or what they were doing. But I remember seeing them and they're going, ooh, and I'm thinking, wow, maybe they're going to heal my knees and I don't need the surgeries. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? That would be thing? amazing, yeah. Yeah, right? Because I'm thinking maybe they're, because it's a different set of aliens now. These are the small guys, only three feet tall. The other guys were five feet tall. Do they look the same? Just different different heights? Just, yes. They, they look exactly the same, just different heights. You know, of course, the taller ones looked thinner because they were so tall, mm-hmm. you know, but the small ones were thin as well. And they're over my knees. And then the thought comes to me, I wonder if they can read my mind. So I'm like, hey, I can see you guys. And they're just doing their thing. Like, they're not paying me any attention, right? And I was like, hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm talking to you. And they're ignoring me. So I was like, okay. Maybe they, maybe they, they can't read my mind. So, you know, I don't know. So as there's one of them is moving closer to me, he's moving up the bed towards my chest. Okay. And they're still doing his own thing over my body. And the thought comes into my mind, this guy's pretty, you know, skinny kind of guy, you know, and I'm, I'm a pretty big guy. I wonder if I grab him by the arm, if he can force me to let him go. And soon as that thought pops into my mind they both go ooh, like this they, they put their hands up they go ooh, and they blink out and they're gone of course they heard that and the, and, <laughs> and the light is gone and i run into the kitchen i put the floodlights on in the yard i go out on the back deck i look up to see if there's any stars that don't look right not just a typical night sky nothing in the backyard and i was like that's crazy that and again if that light doesn't come on, that bright light, I don't wake up. But this time, I didn't have an out-of-body experience. I know I was fully awake, and I was just laying in bed very, very still, you know, because I wanted to see how close they would get to me because I really did want to grab them and just see how strong they were, you know? Because they were very fragile-looking, you know? And... um I don't know. I've been being abducted my whole life. I don't know. When we did the shoot for the travel channel for the uh, uh, alien invasion of the Hudson Valley, they did take my blood and they did do a blood test on me. And I am HR negative, you know. So they claim that's the alien blood, you know what I mean? All right. And just RH negative. Yeah, what I say? HR. <laughs> Rh negative, yeah, and they and they claim that's the alien blood, and it's just fine. I don't know. I don't believe in coincidences. When you're a paranormal investigator for this many years, you just you know, and it just happens that I'm I'm that blood type, and that's the blood type they're looking for, you know. And I live in the Hudson Valley, and I've had these experiences, and but I've had them my whole life, even when I lived down in the city it was still considered the hudson valley because we were still on on the hudson river mm-hmm. you know corridor so um but it was just it was just so crazy and i'm like man if this has been going on my whole life you know and then you know your mind starts racing you, you go back to when you were a kid you know when i was 10 years old i see my first ufo um, me and my best friend were sitting on my father's garage roof, sky watching, 
and we've seen these things flying around in the sky doing uh, acrobatics. And I went down in the garage and I got his, I got his, um, this high power flashlight he used for fishing. Mm-hmm. And I did like a Morse code and they stopped. And then he did a Morse code and they did it back. And then I did it again and one dropped. I mean, it went from being like up as a star to just, just above the air traffic lanes. You know what I mean? And it freaked both of us out. We jumped off the garage roof and we ran into my room and we hid under the bed. You know what In I mean? In a blink of an eye. That's, yeah, that's we, fast. You know, yeah. When I tell you it went from being a star mm-hmm. to just above the air traffic and just like this, boom, just like that, boom, you know? And I was like, holy crap. We were scared to death. And then, you know, all my life, there was a time, one time, my mother and father were watching Johnny Carson one night, right after the after the news, and I came out of the bedroom, and I was sleepwalking, and I was taking giant steps, and my father said, "Where the hell are you going?" And I said, "I'm going home." And he goes, "Oh, really? Where's home?" I said, "The moon. I'm from I'm from the moon. I'm not from here." I told him, and he looked at me, just spun me around, kicked me in the ass, and said, "Get back to bed," you know. Yeah. And uh, so I did. And then there was a lot of times, again, as a kid, I would wake up in the mornings and there'd be blood all over the wall and there would be blood all over the pillow, you know? And I would say, I don't remember getting a bloody nose in the middle of the night. I don't remember stopping, you know? I don't remember getting up and getting going to the... And I see the ex, my father, you know, as a kid, I got into a lot of fights. So, you know, I was a troubled kid, you know, and I got punched in the nose a lot and my nose never bled. I got fat lips and black eyes, but I never got a bloody nose. So I couldn't understand why, you know, my nose was bleeding because I, I used to get hit there all the time and it never bled. And I asked my father, my father said, oh, the reason why your nose bleeds is because you never stay still at night. You flip and flop and you hit your face against the wall and you get a bloody nose. So I just took it that dad knew what he was talking about, seemed right to me, and I left it at that. But as time goes on and you continue to have these experiences one after another, after another, after another, you start putting all the threads together, you know? And my mother was very psychic. She used to have to sleep in a different bedroom because people would come to her all night and talk. She would talk all night long and she would keep my father up. She would say, go sleep in another room because I got to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go work construction. And so, you know, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or she had anything to do with it. But, and I've seen UFOs my whole life. All my whole life I've seen, I've seen every shape, every kind of UFO, you Anything you want to know, you let me. And I'll, anything you want to know, just ask me, and I'll tell you what they look like or where I seen them. It was just crazy. First of all, what blood type is your mother, or do you know? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Any other family members ever have paranormal experiences like this, whether uh, alien abductions or whatever? My brother seen a UFO once um, in the Alps of Italy when he was a kid. He was biking across the Alps with a bunch of friends from one of the little towns there, and they seen a UFO. Um, my sister has is more like my mother. She's she's more sensitive, and she's had like near death experiences and stuff like that. And um, she's had visions like um, par- premonitions, you know. But um, 
not UFOs. No, neither one of them had anything like with me. I've had so many UFO sightings. I mean, it's just one time there was one in 2012. When I go to work, it's I get up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. It's dark. I come home at seven o'clock at night. It's dark. I used to see UFOs. Well, there was one period of time, I think from November to December, where I seen a different UFO every morning or every night when I came home. And I'm not the type of guy that thinks everything in the sky is a UFO. Mm-hmm. I got to get a vibe. If I see something that's not right in the night sky, I get a vibe. And the vibe tells me, pay attention to this. This is important. Otherwise, if I don't get that vibe, I just ignore it and just keep driving, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've seen stuff that look like a wheel, with like a motorcycle wheel. Um, one time I was coming home on the parkway and the car started to putter. And I was pulling into this park and ride kind of spot. And when I got into the park and ride, um, above the like the the building where they sell like gifts and everything, like, you know, breakfast and stuff like that, cakes and everything, there's a UFO parked on a 45 degree angle. It looked like a wheel. Okay, it's the only way to describe. It looked like a motorcycle wheel to me. It was so close that I there was a rock on the ground. I could have hit it with a rock. Wow. My brother said, you need to start carrying a, a camera in the car. So I had the camera in the car that day. I went in the car. I got the camera. I go to take the picture. The camera doesn't work. Of course. It says the batteries are dead. I flick out the batteries. I put new batteries in. I go to take a picture. It says the batteries are dead. I'm like, okay. This thing, boom, jumps up. In a blink of an eye, it's gone. My car starts back up. And now the, ca- now the camera works fine. Okay. Then there was this other thing that I called the Red Craft. It looked like a football to me. It had a football shape. And it was red. It was always red. And I seen it up here where I live. And I seen it down where I worked 60 miles away. And one night, it was felt, I felt like it was following me home. So I live at the bottom of it. My, my development is a cul-de-sac, right? But it's a hill cul-de-sac. It's two loops. I'm at the bottom. So I, to get into my cul-de-sac, you got to go past my house to get in and to get out. So that night, I drove to the top of the hill because I wanted to get as close to it as I could to get a picture of it. I checked the camera. It says the batteries are working fine. I jump out of the car. I'm at the top of the hill. I go to take a picture of it. Camera doesn't work. Batteries are dead. Put a new set of batteries. Same thing. Now, this thing is just sitting there, this big red football-looking thing. You know, and I felt like it was following me, you know? And uh, I drive down the hill to my house, which is maybe a mile away. I get to the mod, pull into my driveway. The red craft leaves. I go to take the camera, and I'm taking pictures of the house and everything. The camera works just fine. Another time, I'm coming home on the parkway, and I see this thing that looks like a V. Not a triangle, but a V. And it's got this beam of light coming down into this development. It was, they were building a strip mall at the time. And none of the, the, uh, stu- the, 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 the buildings were being occupied. It was brand new, this construction. It's raining cats and dogs. Okay, and it's got this bright light shining down. So, of course, I got to turn around, right? 
I turn around, I go back, I get out, I get there. Now the V is gone, right? Whatever this craft was is gone. But there's a catch basin there with all the water that's running off the mountain, all right? And I get out of the car and it's like three feet of fog. And it fogs and I get a gut feeling like, don't get out of the car. Al, don't get out of the car. This, you got a bad vibe. You shouldn't have even came here. Don't get out of the car. But my curiosity gets the better of me. I don't usually not listen to my gut feeling. But that night, I opened up the car door. And I said, you know what? I'll just keep the door between me and whatever on the other side. And I get out. And I got my lights on my car. And I'm looking. And I get this feeling like something is creeping up on me. And something is going to grab me by my ankles and pull me out on the front of the door. So I jump back in the car. I close the door. I race home. I call my brother in Michigan. He's a parapsychologist. He's a member of MUFON, all of that stuff. I call him up. I say, Frank, I think I'm losing my mind. I'm seeing all these crafts. And he goes, I want you to go back on, on Sunday. I want you to take pictures of the area. So I go back on Sunday. I take pictures of the area. Now, the, the the catch basin, which was huge, is dry. It's all dried up. The dirt is cracked, like it's been you know beaten in the in the in the sun. And around the actual catch basin, the grass is all dead, like one giant circle. Just below the catch basin is like a creek. The water running down that creek, you could have surfed on. So I took pictures of the catch basin. I took pictures of I took pictures of the development. I told my brother, how is this possible? How is this giant catch basin empty? How is the grass? It was raining cats and dogs burnt. And why isn't there any water in this catch basin? But a creek that's 20 feet away that is running so hard. It's like a, ra- a rapids. You know what I mean? And my brother's like, wow, that I sent him all the pictures. Like, wow, that's crazy. You know, it's just crazy. And that's, you know, that's the story of my life. I mean, I'm always seeing this stuff, you know. Too bad you didn't have something that you could um, measure for radiation levels where, no, the, no. where the grass was burnt. Yeah, not back then. I, yeah. I didn't have anything about me. Now I do, you know. Yeah. I keep a bag in the car that's like three feet high full of stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're <But> ready. <laughs> I am ready. I, I'm ready all the time, but... um yeah, now back then I, I was all I had was the camera, and whenever I needed the camera, it didn't work. Another time to get to where I have to go to go to work, I have to go through State Park. Um, it's a very, very place of high strangeness. There's stone chambers in there that no one knows who built. Okay, there are UFO reports coming in and out of the lakes. There's like three or four different lakes in this park. UFOs come in and out of them. Bigfoot been sighted there, dogman's been sighted. So one night I'm driving through and I see this thing up in the sky. It looked like an egg beater. Mm-hmm. And I got the worst vibe. Like, man, do I want to go through this park? Because I'm going through these woods. The throat is cut right through the middle of this park. There are no lights. It's a solid five miles of stretch of nothing but woods. I mean, I I was like, am I going to roll the dice and, and go through this? Because I feel like I'm going to get abducted if I do. I didn't. I got off. 
and I took the long way around the park on the outside of the park to get back to the parkway to go home because the vibe was so bad that I wasn't going to roll the dice that night with that, you know? And then another time I'm coming home and I'm going, I'm just coming out of the park and there used to be an old ski resort on this, on this road and the parking lot is still there and the, the lodge is still there, but the mountain has overgrown. You know what I mean? They stopped using it many, many years ago. And, but this is giant park lot and I'm coming down and I see this thing in the night sky spitting out colors, the most purest, beautifulest colors you ever seen in your life. So I pull over, I go into the lot, I get the camera out. Of course, the goddamn thing never works, but I'm being mesmerized by these colors. Like I'm thinking to myself, how am I seeing like these purples and burgundies when the night sky is black as ink, Mm -hmm. but yet these colors are so pure. They're so beautiful. And it's just, it's like having one of those color sparklers in your hand and just watching all the colors come off of it. That's what it was like. And then when I pulled into the lot, I did a time check. Okay. Just to, just I always do a time check whenever I see anything. And then the thought came to my mind, you know, this parking lot is pretty damn big. It would be easy to park a craft in this park. Maybe I should get the hell out of here, you know? So I jumped in the car and I drove home and I timed myself when I got there where I should have gotten there. So there was nothing, uh, nothing, nothing happening that night to me. I didn't lose any time, but, um, Man, it was just the the another time going through there again, I seen what looked like a whole fleet of UFOs flying. It was to my west. So it, even though I was in the center of the park, they must have been over the Hudson River. And they were all flying northwest, you know? And I was like, what the hell is that? And where the hell are they going? You know, and it was just crazy. It's just the, the amount of stuff that goes on you know, in the night sky here in the, the Hudson Valley. It's just insane. You know, and like I said, I've seen all kinds of crafts. I've seen what they call stadium lighting. Mm-hmm. I've seen things that look like um, this bouncing across the sky. Like you when you throw a rock across the water. Yep. That's how these things were flying. Like they were bouncing across the sky. Anything you could think of, I've seen. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. Why? Why do I see all this stuff? You know, what is it about me? You know? It makes me really think because there's so much speculation about the RH negative blood type. And it seems people of this blood type have so many experiences, not just with the UFO, but, you know, cryptids and ghosts. And and it just blows my mind. I, I want to know why. Why that particular blood type? I don't know. But, I'm, but you know, and, uh, the more you research this stuff, the more you realize that all of these genres are all connected. Yep. They really are all connected. I know, you know, when I, when I was... First started out 30 years ago, I was like, no, everything is separate. But now, too, yep. yeah, but now when 
you you continue to research and you continue to research and every time you think you're getting closer they throw you a curveball you know and it takes you in a different direction and i always try to tell that to the guys when we're out and doing an investigation right and i feel like we're getting close to something you know you know we may be in one particular or maybe the basement right and we and then you hear a bang upstairs and everybody wants to run upstairs i don't leave because that's a distraction we're getting too close to something and that's trying to get us out of there. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. You guys want to run upstairs to see what that was? By all means, I'm staying here because I feel like we're getting close to something, you I know? I thought of that. Oh, yeah. I have to think of that next investigation when we hear yeah. something. Next time you go out, let everybody else run away and go stay. Stay there and continue filming and continue doing EVPs or whatever equipment you're using, you know, mm-hmm. don't leave because they want you to leave, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, I, and in the beginning, again, in the beginning, I was the same way. You hear a bang in another room, you run out to see what that bang is. Yeah. But as time goes on, you say, you know what? I've run to that other room a bunch of times and I've never seen jack shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going to start staying here. You know, I'm going to hunker down right here because I feel like we're getting close to something, getting some kind of evidence, whether it's an apparition, an orb, an EVP, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So next time that happens and everybody wants to run to the other room, stay back. Definitely. Yeah. And like you said, when you hear something from another room, everybody just kind of focuses their attention. I think we're going to have to start training ourselves not to look in the direction of the noise, but kind of look around, look elsewhere as, you know, um, because there's got to be at least one person who's going to be looking in that direction. But you should have at least a couple of people looking around as well to see what's going on to distract us. Right. If, yeah. if, you, if, you, if the cameras are all rolling this way mm-hmm. and you're all focused in one corner of the room and then you get that distraction, continue to stay focused where you are. Because yep. I guarantee you an orb will come out of the wall and fly off in a different direction or you'll see a shadow figure run across the wall or you'll get an EVP right then and there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when everybody else is looking for that sound and they don't find anything because there's nothing there, yep. it's just a distraction sound. You'll be the one who catches that, that evidence, you know? So, you know, I mean, I, I would share that information with everybody, but it's just like when you're in an investigation and something happens, everybody's so excited, right? Yeah. To, to want to get some evidence. Everybody runs off without thinking twice. Yep. Now, you have to train yourself to hunker down and stay there, you know. Cuz we both know what... we both know that during an investigation there's the majority of the night nothing really happens unless you're very fortunate that you get a lot of activity, but you know, so when you do pick something up, everyone's so excited that we we caught something because most of the night there was nothing. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, like I said, it's you have to train yourself yep. to stay there. Every your every instinct in your body is going to want to run to that room to see what that sound is you have to say no 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 somebody's got to stay here and keep an eye on this room because this is where our focus is Mm -hmm. and something is trying to break that focus you know something doesn't want it want you to see it whatever that thing may be you know 
uh, kind of makes me makes me think of um, when I first got the motion detectors and actually use them in an investigation. I don't know why none of us thought of doing this. We didn't have a camera with in the same room as a motion sensor. We just had it by by itself, and the motion detector kept going off all the time, and it's that that piercing sound, right? Oh, so God, of course yeah. we'd go running, and we wouldn't see anything. But then later on, we're like, why didn't we put a camera in here? Why? Like we just never thought of it. Yeah, no, you always, if you're going to use stuff like that, you always have to have a camera filming yeah, it. We do yeah, now, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But missed you, opportunities, you know? Live it's like, and learn. Oh, yeah, you live, just you live kick and yourself. Learn. Yeah, yeah, you live and learn. Yeah, yeah. It's a learning process. You know, it's a learning process. It's always a learning process, Cat. Yeah. Even 30 years from now, you'll still be learning new stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I... I've heard, I've, I've thought of this and I've heard of other people mention it too. Going back to the RH negative thing again, it, okay. I've heard other people say this. And like I, like I mentioned, I kind of think the same way. Um, if, cause I speculate that the RH negative is not originally from this earth. So for whatever reason, are these extraterrestrials monitoring those? I'm going to call them star children. Uh, just for lack of a better term, are they Absolutely. just monitoring these individuals with that particular blood type, uh, whether it's uh, um, an experiment that they've conducted, you know, millennia ago, or if it's their own uh, own children, like own descendants, you know, um, do you think that maybe that would be why so many RH negative people are having all these encounters is because they're they're pretty much being studied by the extraterrestrials? Yes, I think I think there's definitely a correlation there between the blood type and the and I think I think it's a correlation with all of the paranormal. Yep. I think some is there something about you or your your blood type or whatever that makes you more sensitive to different realms and different energies, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, you know, people with that blood type will have more experience, not just with UFOs, but with cryptids, yep. with ghost hunting. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll have more success because of that. Now, what it is exactly that is, well, that's attracting all of these entities to you from different realms or whatever, I don't know. You know I'm a big a, a proponent of what science calls junk DNA. Mm -hmm is going to unlock the key to all a lot of these mysteries, you know? So, and I always, and I always said, you know, people say, Oh, you know, UFOs can't do what they do because, you know, if there were, the G forces would kill people, you know? And I was, and I always used to say, and I, and I always said, if I'm not a science guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I always said it, even as a kid, what makes you think our physics apply to them? Yes. I've said that for years too. Yes. 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 The science that we know now. Right. Our science does not apply to them because they are so far so far advanced than us. Yep. You know? So, yeah, I mean, and I always said that. I said, that, you know, and I don't know why I said it, you know, but I always said, what makes you think that our physics apply to them? Mm -hmm. and because they're in our realm. You know, I believe there are certain things that when it comes into our realm, our flesh and blood. You know, that may be interdimensional. They can go into different dimensions. And maybe when they're in a different dimension, they're spiritual. Or maybe they're flesh and blood in that dimension, too. They can just cross over. Mm -hmm. 
But when it comes to UFOs, I don't think our physics, our, our, our gravity, any of that stuff applies to them. Because they can go just as fast through the air as they can through water. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and water is so dense and heavy, slows everything down. But it doesn't apply to them. They don't have any issues. You know, how many planes do we have that can go from flying across the sky to flying on the water? <laughs> we don't have yeah. anything like that, at least not yet that we know of. Right? I mean, maybe the militaries had something to that effect now, but you know, but I always said that. I mean, to take something that can fly through the air. And fly it exactly the same way on the water is mind-boggling. The, the, the physics that apply to that is just off the charts, you know. And if somebody doesn't can't can't wrap their mind around that, just anyone who's ever been to a beach, you're running on the sand, and as soon as you get to the water, you're slowed down. You cannot <laughs> move. No, you cannot like, move. You yeah. know, it's it's so much slower. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the the mass is just so much against it, so heavy, just pushes you, pushes you, just stops you in your tracks. But mm-hmm. yet these things have no issue going diving down or f- coming out. It's all the same thing, you know. Yep. So, yeah, it's I've, amazing. I've said that for years. You know, when people say that's impossible, it's like, well, impossible with the knowledge that we have currently. How do we yeah. know that these beings don't have other sciences? You know, uh, they they just know of other molecules, uh, not other molecules, other. Um, uh, oh, what's that that chart? Like, uh, I wish you could read oh, my the mind. Elemental talk, uh, yes. The yeah. uh, yes, yes. Um, you know, there's other elements that we obviously don't know about. Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When um, Lazar came out with his element, right? I forgot what it was called, Element, whatever it was. I remember seeing him in, the, in that tent being interviewed in, Vegas, in uh, New Mexico or Vegas, wherever it was, in the 80s. And I said to, my, I said to myself, this guy's telling the truth. This guy is absolutely telling the truth. And then, like, 2015, 20 years later, they came out with that element. And he was talking about it before anyone even knew it existed. Yeah. How did he know it existed if he wasn't working on advanced technology, you know? I'm trying to find this article that I read earlier today about some... No, I can't find it. Um, it just came up on my phone, on my newsfeed, about, um, uh, I think, 2017. They they really started doing uh, research on it. But apparently there is this... Oh, geez, I'm not scientific, and I'm not very well-versed when it comes... At, I'm not very eloquent, you know, um, but I have all these ideas. Anyways, um, there is this, uh, you know, you have protons and electrons and all that. Well, there's this, I think it's called a muon, I want to say, M-U-O-N. It comes naturally from space. So when they're trying to take x-rays of, let's say, a pyramid for what this this article was talking about, because they were looking for... um, hidden passages that we just weren't aware of. So they want to take x-rays to see if they could find anything. Obviously they can't. Using these muons, which are, uh, it's natural, they actually have found um, hidden passages that we could- Sacred chambers. Yes, yes. So there's this one um, pyramid uh, that in, I think it was in the 70s, uh, they were trying to do, um, you know, all the x-rays and everything. 
And they're going to be using the muons now, I think this year is what the article said, I can't quite remember, to see what they have missed back in the 70s. So this is really, really fascinating. You know, again, that's something we didn't know of all Oh, yeah, 50 you know. years ago. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. I mean, who's to say these extraterrestrials, who, who's to say what they know, what they've discovered? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I believe there are different entities at different levels of intelligence, yeah. too. You know what I mean? I don't believe they're all um, so far advanced. I mean, obviously, they, 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 they're advanced enough to come here. So, you know, we're advanced enough to go to space as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, but are they advanced as, you know, a different species of alien? You know, are the insectoids more intelligent in, than the greys or vice versa? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, and that's why, if you think about it, that's why, and it's just my personal opinion, one man's opinion. Mm -hmm. um, that's why the sightings, the crafts have changed over the years. Because it's different species using different designs, you know, like the car manufacturers we have, we have a million different cars and they all look different. Well, it's the same thing wherever these creatures are coming from or entities are coming from. This is the design they're using to travel through space and time, because let's face it, time is really doesn't exist. You know, that's a man-made concept. It's just, it's just space and dimension, you know, and, this this other one, these other entities are using a different shape or a different, you know, variation to get here. You know, one may be better than the other as far as traveling, you know, speed and whatever. But um, I'd say I think different ships. And if you think about it, from the fifties to now, how many different ships uh, sightings have we seen? You know, like it's just me alone. I, I go, I went from something that looked like the Roman Colosseum. To uh, a V, to a triangle, to look like a stick spouting out colors, yeah. to you know um, this, you know, uh, just uh, that egg beater thing, the the football looking shape thing. I mean, these are all different shapes and crafts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and I think they're all different species of aliens from different either dimensions or. Um, extraterrestrial from outer space coming in and observing us or, you know, maybe mining materials, whatever they're, they're doing here, you know, and I mean, I don't, I think each one of them has a different agenda, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, look at us humans when we're researching, and I've mentioned this countless times on the show, when we are researching other species of animal or plant or whatever, everyone has a different reason for doing their research. Right. Yeah, and everybody does their research a little bit differently. Yep. Yeah, it's the same plant, it's the same animal, yep. but di people are looking for different things. Mm -hmm. So the research is done a little differently, you know? They're still harvesting whatever they're harvesting, but the research is done differently, you know? So, absolutely. And getting yeah. back to the aircraft, to the spacecraft, look at, uh, you know, when we had biplanes and what we have now for aircraft. Oh. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, and like I said, I've seen what I've seen what I call red balls of light. Right? Um, uh, we've 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 actually filmed an orange one, you know, but it kind of went from silver to orange. You know, so the, these crafts now that we're seeing, 
They don't even look like nuts and bolts anymore, at least the advanced ones. They look like plasma, Mm -hmm. you know? It looks like they're alive, you know? And it's, what's the technology behind that, you know? I mean, my God, how crazy is that? So, you know, we went from this to everything in between to balls of light, plasma balls, you know? It's just it's just crazy. I can't even wrap my mind around a concept of, you know, what that is, you know? Yeah. If I delve down too far in the rabbit hole, it just makes my brain want to explode. It's just, you know, because you, just when you think you might have an answer, that question has created a million other questions and it's Absolutely. just, it just doesn't stop. No, it never stops. Never stops. But that's, while we keep investigating, you know, and we, we keep moving curious. forward. Yeah. And like I said, whenever you think you, you figured something out, you got a, you got a curveball thrown in there, you know, and like, Hey, where did, where did that come from? You know? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's amazing stuff, you know, but like I said, I've always had all these paranormal experiences, whether it's, you know, cryptids or UFO related or ghosts related, you know, um, I don't know why. I don't know if it's my my blood type, my family lineage. I don't know what it is, you know. I kind of have a feeling that it's a combination of everything. Yep. I don't believe it's just I don't believe it's just one thing. I think it's a combination of a lot of little things, you know. We just and we're we're and we're touching on them, but we don't have any proof, you know what I mean? Yep. There's no proof that what we're our theories, we have no proof to our theories, but I think our theories are on the right track, you know? Yeah. It's getting us there. Yeah. And for me, if um, for whatever reason that you're being observed, of course, these these other beings are not just going to observe you. They're going to observe your family, too, in every generation. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like I said, I've, I came home... One night, I'm sure I told you this story before, my daughter and I are coming home from martial arts class, and she says, Dad, there's a UFO following us, mm. and, I, and I'm laughing. She's like 10 years old, right? Yeah. And I, and I was like, I look out the window, and I see this ball of light following us, but we're on a road that goes right to the county airport, and I was like, oh, it's just a plane going to the airport. We get to the airport. We make a right and go north. This thing makes a left and goes south, and I said, see, it's just a plane. Mm. We get home. And the thing is parked over my house and it's just parked there. Like it, it beat me to the spot and put the, put it in park. And there's this triangle shaped craft just sitting over my house. I, and I was so pissed. I was so mad that this thing was over my house. Like what, how dare you yeah. come to my house and what do you want here? You know? And like, I remember I'm digging through the trunk of the car to get our sparring equipment out. And my daughter starts screaming hysterical. And I'm like, what's the matter? And she says, look above the house. And then I said, go inside and get your mother. And my wife came out on the deck with my son, who was young at the time, maybe two or something like that. She was eight, 10. He must have been about five. And, uh, she goes, what's going on? I go, look up. And she sees it. She goes, like, I don't know. I don't want nothing to do with this. And, you know, she's seen it. My son's seen it. My daughter's seen it. i seen it. And then everybody ran in the house, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting out there, and I'm, like, doing, like, the mental telepathy thing, right? 
you know what I'm saying? How dare you come to my house? And you know, and I'm I'm really, really pissed. And the thing just starts gliding past me. And it makes a left-hand turn on my street, which is a long street with no lights on it. We live in a cul-de-sac. We're up in the country. There's no lights here. And it goes all the way to the end of the block. And it stops over the power lines and it drops out three red balls. And I, these are the same. This is the same craft I seen 10 years earlier, but down in Westchester County, which is 60 miles away when I was at work one night. And now it's 60 miles away up over my house. And it's the same exact thing. You know what I mean? And I'm like, how dare you? How did, you know, how did they, how did they, you know, because when I, when I, when we were, when we were coming out of work one night, it was a cold winter night and me and another guy were just shooting the breeze by our cars. And we seen what looked like a light glowing in the night sky. And he was a UFO guy. And I thought I would, you know, mess, mess with him a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So I said, Hey, watch this. And I did a Morse code with the headlights of my car thinking it's nothing but a, a, a star with high altitude clouds that makes it looks like it's blinking. Mm -hmm. But I do this Morse code with my headlights, my car, and the thing makes a beeline right towards us. And my friend freaks out. And we, he tries to run back in the building. The building's locked up. The alarm is on. I'm trying to stop him from going in the building because the alarm is going to end. The, the postal inspectors are going to come and lock us both up. Yeah. And it stops across the field about 100 yards away above the tree line. And it drops out three red balls. And these balls drop down. And they get about halfway down and they blink out. Now, we're so focused on the three red balls dropping out of the craft that we don't realize that the craft is right over us, not making a sound. The building is maybe 30 feet high. This thing was another feet above, another 20 feet above the building. And it's, it's a triangle craft. It's just sitting there. And I tell you, I could have hit it with a rock. If, there, if I had a rock in my hand, I could have hit it. And then it just turned. I got like, it just rotated and it just glided away. And the, if you would have blinked your eye, you would have lost it in the night sky. That's how it blended in so well, you know? And to see the same exact thing 10 years later, 60 miles away above my house, freaked me out. I was so damn pissed. I went in the house. I got my dog, my mag light, and my samurai sword. <laughs> and I went into those woods where he dropped those three red bulls. Mm -hmm. I told my wife, you call me every 15 minutes. And I walked a mile up and down that the power lines to see if I could find any odd-shaped thing smoldering on the ground, any burnt leaves that were on the ground because it was fall, mm -hmm. or any broken branches or anything, anything where these three red balls came out. And they, they got halfway down the tree line, and then they just blinked out. Where did they go? Whatever they did, they never hit the ground because I searched high and low. And I couldn't find anything. And my wife was freaking out. Like, don't go in the woods, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, and I was like, I wasn't bringing the samurai sword in for the aliens. I was bringing them in for the mountain lions and the black bear and the coyotes. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that wasn't. And, uh, and I figured the dog would let me know if there was anything, any danger anywhere, yeah. you know? That's my, that was my alarm. My, my early alarm system was the dog, you know? But the dog went up and down the, the, with me and never blinked an eye. You know what I mean? Never found anything. How you know? did, and this was, 
over my house. How big were the red balls? Um, I would say from a distance, they would have been the size. And this is just a guess. Mm -hmm. Um, because you're, you're looking at it against a night sky that's, you know, huge. Um, I would say they looked like the size of a nice big beach ball. Okay. Yeah. But they were pure red. Mm -hmm. Pure. There wasn't any other color to it. I would say it was the size of a beach ball, just one after the other, after the other, they got to a certain height and they blinked out. Then the second one would get there and blink out. And I don't know where they went from there. You know, I don't know if they who traveled down the power lines in different directions, if they traveled along the, the just above the ground, you know, or if they just went in all different directions in the night sky. And I didn't see, because once they blinked out, they basically became invisible, mm-hmm. you know. But this is what I'm saying. All my life, these crazy experiences, you know, just insane. Almost sounds like uh, the three balls were a distraction. To me... It felt like they, and this is again just one man's opinion. Mm-hmm. If the vibe I got from them were that they were scanning, okay, they were there scanning the area. I don't know what they were looking for. You know, the, maybe they're looking for iron ore. Maybe they're looking for you know a, um, some kind of men- mineral that you know that. But it to me that was it felt like felt like they were almost like drones that were sent out to scan the area maybe they were just mapping the the, the, the area you know what i mean that maybe that's Google was maps something <laughs> from another something, planet <laughs> just something as simple as that is mapping the area you know 3d mapping mm-hmm. or maybe it was more more sophisticated and they were looking for a certain mineral you know i don't know i honestly don't know have you ever thought whenever you you um you encounter these and you start trying to uh, communicate with them telepathically, have you ever thought to project the thought and images of, okay, I know you're there. You know I know you're there. So tell me what the hell are you doing? Oh, yes. Yes. And no uh, reply. No. no. All the time. I, I, say, I say it all the time. I know you're there. I can see you. I know you can see me. You know, if you're going to take me mm-hmm. against my will, then at least – Give me a tour of the ship. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I'd love to see what you're working with. Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to see what you're working with. But I have no recollection of ever being on a craft or, you know, having any kind of probes done to me or whatever. But um, I was supposed to be regressed by um, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. All right. She was a a dear friend of mine. And, um, I said, Rosemary, you know, my brother's been after me my whole life to get regressed. Mm -hmm. And I always said, no, 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 no. And then I was talking to Rosemary one time. We were together at a symposium speaking. And she said, you know what, Al? I'm, I'm, I'm 20 minutes away from you. Why don't you come to my house one day and I'll do it. It'll just be me and you and, you know, and no one else has to know about it. And I was like, you know what? Okay. Then she got so busy with her book tour. And then she started doing all the TV gigs. And then, you know, I finally, I, I said, Rosemary, I know you're busy. But, um, you know, when you get back home, I'd really love to meet up with you. And she said, Al, I'll be home in like a month. And I promise you, I'll call you then. And then she passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the end of that. Never, I never got it done. And I really, you know, I really trusted her a mm-hmm. lot to do it. Otherwise, I really have no desire to have it done. 
but she was really the only person I would trust to do it, you know? I hope you encounter someone else that you do trust and uh, try to get some answers. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I have talked to other uh, researchers, and they have, they, they have people that they swear by, and they say, Al, you know, look this person up, tell them I, I gave, you know, and I say, yeah, 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 and then I never do it, you know, mm-hmm. because I don't know them personally, yeah. like I knew Rosemary, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure they're they're good at what they do, and they're and they're legit. They're not making stuff up, you know, not putting false memories in your head or leading you on. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But because these people who swear by them, I respect, you mm-hmm. know. So, but um, but I just never do it, you know. It's just because I really, to be brutally honest, I never really wanted to do it. Even though my brother always said, "You got to do it. You got to do it." But when I met Rosemary. And I found out she did it, and we were very close. I said, "Okay, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be, be her." Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I, you know, I befriended her when one of her busiest times in her life. Yeah, <laughs> she was never home. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. But she was a, a, a dear friend, and I miss her dearly. But um, yeah, I've I don't know how much time we have left. But uh, actually, it's been uh, just a little over an hour. So. Uh, we can wrap it up here or you can keep going. It's up to you. No, I thought you, I, I thought your show was only an hour. So I it didn't, is, you know, yep. oh, God. sometimes if uh, the guest has uh, more to say, I just let them go. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, I think, I think we should wrap it up here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Al, for reaching out and wanting to be on the show again. And like, I've like, you know, you're welcome anytime. Oh, uh, you know we how much I love you, so you know. Yeah, it's always my pleasure to talk to you. It's like talking to uh, a, a dear friend, and I, it's just such a comfortable, you know, easy exchange. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm being interviewed. I feel like I'm just having a discussion. You know, yeah, with a good, yeah, yeah. So that's what it feels like. It having is, a chat, so much a paranormal chat in your natural. virtual living room. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is very natural. You know what I mean, and it's. Very comforting to be to talk to people like you, you know, us that we Thank know you. each other for so long and you know, we have such a good rapport with one another, you yeah. know. And I hope it's we a, get to meet each other personally, like someday. Yes, that would be nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Instead of always doing things uh you know, through uh Skype or Zoom yeah. or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well well thank you, Kat. It's Thank been a you pleasure. So much. As always, yes. Oh, before we go, um, would you like to let the listeners know where they can contact you to find out more or if they have questions? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If anyone has any questions, you can P- PM me on Facebook Messenger. I always answer all the, everybody's questions whenever I see them. Um, otherwise, you could find us at the Bronxville Paranormal Society on Facebook, and we have a website. And um, you could find me at the New York State North American Dogman Project, New York State Chapter. Um, New York State Sasquatch organization I'm the director of and the New York State UFO project as well any of those groups you know I'm director in all of them so you could reach out to anywhere or you could just reach out to me personally and I have no problem talking to anyone and as usual the links will be added to the show notes thank you Kat thank you so much Al love you my brother I love you too ciao
Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 